welcome back to our series defining your relationship with christ where i talk about understanding the true nature of our relationship with jesus what i want to do today is to show you what jesus is not in our relationship with him the premise of this series is this question is there some way for me and you to know how right our relationship with Christ is? Are we really in a right relationship with Christ? Not right in the sense of uh, justification, but right in the sense of understanding our respective roles in the relationship. The reason we need to ask this question is because the Bible itself asked the question. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5, Examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourself. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. Are there tests of a genuine faith, of a true relationship? Is there a way that I can think that would help me know if my relationship with Christ is the right one? These are questions. But here are the things I want to point to you to show you what Jesus is not in our relationship with him. Number one. Jesus is not an instructor. Often our relationship with Christ is viewed from a teacher-student relationship. In the Gospels, Jesus is referred to, to multiple times as a rabbi. And that's true. Jesus is really a rabbi. Jesus taught often. He taught crowds of people, uh, small groups, and individual. He continues to teach us hundreds of years later through his word, the Bible. His teaching, his teachings was thought-provoking, faith-challenging, uh, it was heart-piercing and life-changing. And as his followers, we should regularly experience his teaching, his teaching us guidance and inspiration for our lives daily. But the danger comes when people think of their relationship with Jesus primarily in teacher-student framework. So essentially, their role is that of a student sitting at a desk, furiously writing notes while Jesus is the professor with the long bed, <laughs> hurriedly lecturing through a lesson plan. Because this perspective of the relationship is based on learning, Knowledge becomes the measurable element. The more we know, the better. But the thing is that if our focus is on knowing about Jesus, we might not get to know Jesus. There's a difference. Though continual learning is a must in our relationship with Christ, of course, He's not just a teacher. He wants to be your loving Savior. He wants to be your sovereign Lord. He wants to be your faithful friend. And he wants to be your closest ally.
Number two, Jesus is not an add-on preacher. Often the Christian message of our time affrontly portrays Jesus as an add-on preacher. Let, let us assume you bought a car and every car purchase has an add-on feature. Each feature is something extra designed to improve your your enjoyment of the car, enrich the interior environment, and make you look as if you're of a higher class. The add-on feature each comes with a promise and to make your car faster, to make it safer, to make it more comfortable and convenient, to make it more impressive, make you look, you know, of a higher class, or it makes you, it makes the car more efficient. Each feature makes a, a specific and unique promise, but they are all promised to make the car better. Jesus is often proclaimed similarly to an add-on feature for a car. With him, with him, your life will be, it will be better. He will give you an abundant life that has no stress, that has no stress, risks, hardship, or anything like that. Other promises get attached to Jesus too. Wealth and health, prosperity and success, prestige and influence, comfort and ease. Understand why Jesus gets so talked about in this way. It makes him sound so appealing and desirable and necessary. After all, isn't this what every human longs for and wants? So, I recognize why Jesus gets packaged the way you might offer an accessory or an add-on future for a car. But there's just one problem. Jesus is not an add-on future. It's not merely available to be added on in hopes of exp- of making or exp- making your life better, whatever better a better life may mean for you. Thinking about him in such a way not only cheapens who he is, but also completely misses out on who he really is. Number three, Jesus is not an audience. Have you heard people use the phrase audience of one, quote-unquote? Personally, I've not really heard the statement spoken by someone, but I have read it in books. The idea is that we are before one audience, that is, we actually perform for one person. His approval is all we need and should seek. The imagery is of you on the stage and Jesus sitting in a comfortable theater chair or perhaps up high in the luxury box. In either case, you are in the spotlight trying to execute the right dancing steps or recite the appropriate line in the song. Of course, you are you are hoping to receive applause if you really do well. Perhaps you get even get an, a, a standing ovation. So Jesus is extremely interested in our lives. But he is not interested in having us perform for him. 
even if we have the best of intentions. If you perceive your relationship with Jesus in such a way, you will likely certainly feel like a failure. And that's because you definitely miss a step here and there and you forget a line. But the whole idea of the Christian faith is that of a relationship based on grace, not based on performance. Number four, Jesus is not a drawer. Many of us see our lives in compartments. Let's say, for example, your life is a dress, is a dresser with many drawers. Each dresser represents the various parts of your life. These drawers include family and work, finance, education, and relationship. There's a drawer that many of us have. We call it religion. But um, religion wouldn't sound right, so we call it Jesus. And since we are Christians, what we will find in this drawer are our beliefs and expectations and feelings about Jesus. This may sound and look very spiritual, unless we ask Jesus what he thinks. What he may say to us might surprise us, but I cannot speak for Jesus. This is what I think he might say to us. I refuse to be one of your drawers. I don't want to be one among many categories in your life. When you enter a relationship with Christ, you don't add him into your chest of drawers. He's not one of the compartments in your life. You don't decide his place. He decides yours. You don't make room for him. He makes room for you. Number five, Jesus is not an insurance policy. This is the last one on my list of what Jesus is not in our relationship with him. There are more, of course. Those of you who are in the insurance industry will quickly understand this one. If we are honest with ourselves, we are afraid of what we don't know. We fear the unknown. For some of us, this means worrying about what will happen next week, what will happen next month, or what will happen next year. For others, the fear pertains to the afterlife. If you are one of them, you are not alone. What will the afterlife be like? When will my time come? Will I be ready? Will my death be painful? Because we rely so much on our five senses, we become uneasy and fearful about the inability to investigate what will happen next. Perhaps because of this so much unknown about the afterlife, some people treat Jesus as though he is an internal insurance policy. They think, I don't know much about heaven or hell. I don't know if they are real or not. But if I just have a little dose of Jesus in my life, then I think I will be covered just in case. 
people probably do not think about Jesus this way on a conscious level. Many people keep him around just in case. <laughs> Jesus is not a life insurance policy, but an afterlife insurance policy. In the next part, I will begin to show you how to really define your relationship with Christ in the right way. See you next week in the series. God bless you for listening.